0: Welcome to the Kusafa Show with Mark Gleeson and Nick Say.
1: Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome yet again to another Kusafa Show and what a top lineup we have again for you this week.
2: We have Bafana Bafana coach and Nseki who's gearing up for the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers that are due to kick off again in November.
1: And the CAF Secretary General, Abdul Monambar, explains to us just what the program for African football in the near future is
2: going to look like. We also have the new technical director of the Mauritius Football Association, Zunaid Mal, who takes us through his program in that country.
1: Our first guest today is the coach of South Africa, Molefi Ntseke, who celebrates a year in the job this month, although the COVID-19 pandemic has limited his time in the dugout. With the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers set to resume in November,
2: that is all about to change. But before that, SAFA hoped to arrange two friendly matches for Bafana Bafana in the October FIFA window, which will be the first games for the national team in almost a year. Coach, welcome. What have you been up to during this period without football?
0: Good afternoon, gentlemen, and thanks for having me. Yeah, it has been very, very tough, very difficult for all football loving people. Yes, it is correct. Um, I was appointed in August and I've just ended a year in this position as a final, final coach. I think it has been a very roller coaster type of a year uh, with so much happening uh, in football and also a learning curve for myself and my technical team. But I think the support that I've been getting from every coach, every player, every South African, all the media platforms, it has been very good. So um, we have gone through the six months, the five months without uh, kicking any football. It has been very difficult, but I must say uh, seeing Football being played in Europe, in in Spain, um, in England, in Germany and recently seeing the end of the Champions League and the Europa League, it has been very good uh, to all football loving people. And coming home to South Africa, we've seen uh, the PSL resuming and the PSL uh, is now um, towards the end. And we have seen also the the late Africa uh, Championship uh, also resuming and now we are nearing an end. So it has been a very uh, interesting uh, period after going through all the hard times.
1: Coach, obviously when you began with the Nations Cup qualifiers uh, beating Sudan, of course, in your last match in November last year, you would have had in your mind basically roughly the players that you were going to be going to be picking now how how different do you think it will be almost a year later you think there will be a radical change in the look of your squad or will we see pretty much the same consistent selection that you had picked before
0: yeah i think yeah, we had a good time in uh, profiling players and observing players and keeping contact with players overseas uh, that has helped because um, when we were to announce the team to play South Tome, we had um, uh, fully fleshed information in terms of what to expect from each of those players who were selected in the team because they were playing regularly for their teams. Uh, but now it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a difficult situation for us because we, we do not see much of them playing. Uh, the only time that we tend to see them is those who are locally based, who are playing for, for, for the PSM teams. But those who are overseas, we have a programme uh, that is giving us information about our players uh, that are based abroad, which is uh, very much of help to us. Because most of them will be studying with their leagues uh, now in, in August, and hopefully we will be able to get more information in terms of their play minutes and uh, how much they have, uh, uh, maybe, uh, how, how good are they doing for their clubs. When it comes to the next uh, FIFA week, it is going to be very difficult uh, because now we have already started profiling players uh, during this um, last period of the six, seven matches of the PSA. So if we are to select players, um, we will be selecting players based on the performance that we have seen now during uh, the resumption of football, which should be a bit of a, of a, of a challenge for us. We are hopeful that uh, those who are based overseas will also have uh, enough playing minutes to warrant a call-up to come to the national team. So um, when it comes to the next uh, friendly match that we are to play, it will be of great help because that will be the only time where we'll be able to see our players and be able to assess and profile them accordingly before we go into the AFCON qualifiers in November.
2: Coach, speaking of those those qualifiers in November, you've obviously got Sao Tome home and away, who you had expected to play in March, but but that's now been pushed to, to November. They're regarded, I guess, as one of the minnows of the continent, but I'm sure a side that you cannot take lightly. You know, they have players playing in Portugal, France, and even Argentina at the moment. What what are you expecting from them?
0: Look, I think before we went to play Sao Tome, we got to their their games against Ghana, against Sudan um and uh with our selection we actually gave them a lot of respect because we are fully aware that uh, they had running team they can defend very well they are very compact in defense and they can catch you on the counter so uh we are not looking down upon anybody because we are fully aware that uh, all the teams that are in our group deserve deserves to be in our group they are quality sides and we are also we also wants to qualify for for for, for afcon so um when it comes to Sao Tome, when you look back into the type of players that we brought into the team, we were looking for speed, strength and power because we were fully aware that uh, for us to beat Sao Tome, we need to give much of that, the right attitude um, when it comes to the game itself. Um, also, because um, uh, if we don't uh, take the game to them, it will be very difficult. We saw how, they sco- how Ghana scored the penalty and how the penalty came about. So, uh, we are giving a lot of respect to, to Sao Tome in terms of uh, the type of a team they are.
1: Coach, the uh, CAF have announced that the Nations Cup will be completed first, the qualifiers, before we start now with the World Cup, which was really supposed to start in November. The World Cup qualifiers are condensed into three windows, each with two games. It's very, it's very squashed. Do you see that as a positive or as a negative? Because you can get some rock and roll momentum going there, uh, but at the same time, it can also be a little bit of a logjam. How, how do you perceive that, the fact that you're going to be playing so many key games so quickly back to back?
0: I think the new normal is asking all of us to be very consistent in our performances in terms of uh, getting quality out of our players. And uh, I think I have engaged um, uh, the medical team in this case to give us all the medical reports of the players that we'll be bringing into camp. We have also devised means in terms of uh, our GPS scores, how to interpret the GPS scores, how the GPS scores will help us to come up with a, a tactical plan, a formation going into into those matches. Uh, because, like you said, if you are playing back-to-back matches, it will also give us some rhythm in the team. It will also give us some understanding in terms of what you want to see uh, happening and what you want to achieve. Although we can't um, uh, maybe uh, 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 leave out the possibilities of injuries uh, during those matches, but I think uh, uh, on the positive side, if we play such type of matches, such, such type of features, it will also give us an idea in terms of uh, the rhythm in the team, the tactical understanding, the tactical cohesion in the team. Because our players haven't been playing for a very long time, and for the national team, that is a, uh, that was a bit of a, of, of a setback. And them coming in and having to play in those three phases, uh, back-to-back matches, I think it will help us to get the rhythm right, and also uh, because uh, the attitude is very important when it comes to such matches. Uh, South Africans, we are a highly talented country, but the bigger challenge for me is uh, how do we achieve what we want? Do we really want to compete in terms of ability with the rest of the world? Or we also want to have something special that will work for us to, to end up qualifying for, for the World Cup? So I'm saying come uh, next year, playing those back-to-back matches. We will always be looking at the positive side of it. And the positive side of it maybe will give us the rhythm that we are looking
2: for. Coach, you mentioned earlier about players overseas, and we've we've recently seen Kamahelo Mococho join Cincinnati FC in the United States. When you review your players abroad, does it matter to you the standard of the league they play in? I mean, I mean no disrespect to the MLS, but it's not the same level as, as England, Spain or Italy or so.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if you're talking of... Uh, our players playing abroad, it's a very big challenge for all of us because when you look at West African countries and uh, North African countries, their players are playing in top leagues in Europe and playing for top teams in Europe and they are regulars in the Champions League, in the Europa League. But then come to South African players, we don't have such players competing at that level. And it's a very big concern because if we are saying uh, to qualify for the World Cup, we need to be in the top five, it means being in the top five you have to play and beat those players who are playing regularly in those top leagues and if ever you don't produce uh, top players playing in top leagues it's a bit of a challenge for the national team I am hopeful that um, wherever we export players, they will end up doing well in whatever league they will find themselves in, and ultimately uh, get to play in the top leagues. Yes, Mukocha was playing in the Champions League in uh, in England. And now he has moved to to MLS. Uh, well, uh, for him, uh, he has got his own um, reasons, personal reasons, why he has moved to. Um, to America. But uh, like you said, we will love to to see most of our players playing in top leagues and getting the right competition, the right mentality whenever they have to come to the national team. Um, That attitude, that mentality will add value to the team and then we'll see our team uh, doing well in the qualifiers and doing well uh, in the AFCON and hopefully qualifying for the World Cup.
1: But you're also talking of uh, targets and, and top five and top three. Safa have often said that they want Bafana to be consistently a top three team in African football. But obviously we've been outside that for, for a long time. What do you think you need to do to get to that status?
0: I think it's, it's, it's also about the quality of players that we, we produce in our country. Uh, with the program that we are, we are using now of getting information about players that are based abroad, Uh, Those that are playing regularly are playing in those, uh, uh, maybe I might be wrong to say small leagues, but they are not playing in top leagues, but uh, the good thing about them is that they are playing regularly. And that will help if ever we have to bring such players into, into the team. Because we are now placed 13. It means we have to do well uh, to be in the top three, in the top five. And the quality of players, the right attitude, the right mentality will take us to that position. Because in terms of the technical um, challenges uh, as coaches, uh, we will we, we keep on improving on a daily basis because we are in in, in contact with the outside world. But the most important thing is to see our players also playing at top level, getting challenged on on, on weekly basis in terms of playing against the top countries, uh, the top players. So um, it's gonna be a bit of a a challenge if we are talking of uh, a period, a period where we are seeing uh, those players who are playing abroad and those players who are playing for uh, the so-called small countries they will end up graduating into into uh, top leagues and getting into top leagues it means there will be top players and top players will always bring quality into the senior national team
2: Abdul Munam Ba was appointed as the permanent secretary general of the Confederation of African Football in June after a 3 month period in an acting capacity having previously held the position of commercial director He takes the role in a difficult time for CAF due to the
1: COVID-19 pandemic with plenty of uncertainty over when international football might return. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. And in a recent sit-down with the South African Football Journalists Association, Barr has revealed plans around the revised dates for the next Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, plus the preliminaries ahead of the World Cup in Qatar in 2022.
3: Then the plan? It's quite basic. We will finish first the Afghan qualifiers. So ideally we want to play the match day three and four in November uh, and five and six during the first half of 2021. Once we finish the um, Afghan 2021 qualifiers, then we'll uh, resume the World Cup qualifiers uh, with the group phase and the playoff. Uh, So, ideally, we would like to finish uh, the World Cup qualifiers by the end of 2021 or at the latest by March 2022, taking into account that uh, the draw uh, will be organised by FIFA in April, if I'm not wrong. So,
2: this is the plan, basically. What does CAF plan to do in instances where National League has been cancelled for the 2019-20 season? but they still need to put forward teams for the CAF Interclub competitions in the 2020-21 campaign.
3: What we are proposing, and actually this is something planned by the, uh, in, the, in the regulations, is to leave it to the federations uh, to propose us the clubs, the clubs to be engaged, uh, where, for instance, if the league has been cancelled, uh, this edition has been cancelled, they can engage the same team uh, as last year. So at the end we let them we let each federation choose if they want to homologate the current uh, ranking and they propose us their best team or if they want to propose their the teams of last year.
1: We assume there've also been discussions around the junior continental finals that are due to be played and which also serve as qualifiers for FIFA finals in the various age group categories.
3: Oh no, definitely yes you know that we are supposed to play the under 20 uh Next year in Mauritania and the under-17 Afghan next year in in Morocco. So we are keeping the same dates next year. The issue that we have today are the qualifiers. You know that we were supposed to organize zonal tournaments in each of the six zones to uh, qualify the teams to the under-20 and to the under-17. It was not possible, obviously. To play these zonal tournaments Uh, in case some of them they have difficulties to organize the zonal tournament we'll try to have to find other formats to qualify the teams Uh, but yes this summer we are fully focused uh, on finding a way to get the qualified teams for the under 20 under 17 we'll try to favor as much as possible the organization if uh, the conditions are met of zonal tournaments as initially planned Uh, between now and the end of this year. Uh,
2: Sir, if I might just ask you um, about the next two CAF congresses. Um, I believe there's one set for December. Uh, Would you be able to reveal where that is? And then another one for March for the elections. Where will that one be?
3: So the one in uh, December planned for 11th of December, if I'm not mistaken, uh, will take place in Addis Ababa. uh, Always uh we are always considering that maybe if the conditions are not met if the uh, sanitary uh, situation in africa doesn't evolve properly in a good way so we have the backup solution of doing it remotely as a virtual meeting Uh, so this is why we push it till december we prefer to have it as a physical meeting Uh, so we push it till the very last moment in Addis Abeba because the, this is the easiest way, the easiest town to reach in Africa, but in case we cannot for any reason. So it will be done uh, virtual. And for the General Assembly, the elective one in March, we don't have uh, yet uh, the country, but it will be announced on, on due time.
1: Have you come up with a format yet for the Women's Champions League competition that is set to kick off next year?
3: Definitely. Uh, you, you know that we are pushing a lot to empower our zonal union because this is also a good way to face the, one of the big issues that we have in Africa, which are the travels, which are very complicated. As of today, we are still working on the format. What I can tell you is that at the end, we will organise a final tournament for this Women's Champions League. So we will organize a final tournament. We don't know yet about the number of teams. It will be a minimum of eight teams for the first edition, maybe more. And regarding the qualifiers, I mean, it will depend. Uh, It will depend if we have a lot of clubs, who wants to engage? And this is something that we are trying to assess today. So we will have to organize qualifiers. And definitely if we organize qualifiers, we prefer to do them uh, on a a zonal basis. If not, we can qualify the best eight, 12 teams directly to the final tournament. So for the moment, we are still working on different options. Hope that in the next few weeks, we we will be able to announce uh, the final format of this new competition.
2: Are you speaking to FIFA about Africa's allocation for the next Women's World Cup in 2023, which will be expanded from 24 to 32 teams? And if you do get more teams, will this change the qualification procedure?
3: First, you know that today, the, quali- uh, the qualifiers for the Women's World Cup, as of today, it's done through the Women Afghans. I mean, the uh, three best teams of the Women's Afghan qualify to the Women's uh, World Cup. We are currently in discussion with FIFA regarding the new edition, the new format of the women World Cups. You know that we will have more teams qualified, so we are expecting to have more slots for Africa. So we are discussing about the details, how many uh, additional slots we, we will uh, we will have and also uh, what would be the best way to qualify the team to the uh, Women's World Cup. So we don't know yet if we'll keep on doing, uh, on doing it as it is today uh, through the Women's Afcon, or uh, we will be using the international window, but we don't have a lot to uh, play uh, qualifiers the same way that we are doing it today with the men. But you know that uh, in Africa, it could be a little bit more challenging because of the cost mainly for each team. The travel costs are huge. Uh, so we are still in discussion. We don't know yet if we will keep it as it is through the, the Women's AFCON. And in that case, I, I would say it will be simple. We will have it in 2022, and uh, maybe the best five, six teams uh, of uh, the, the uh, Women AFCON will qualify to the Women's World Cup, or we will do a dedicated qualifiers phases.
2: I know that the, the, the dates for the 2021 AFCON, which of course has been moved to 2022, uh, were put into January and February. And we understand very well the reason why that was, uh, because of weather and whatnot. Is it going forward after this tournament, is it still CAF's preference to play the tournaments in June, July or in January, February? Actually, we modified
3: our regulations. In, in our regulations today, the AFCON has to be played in June, July. So definitely this is our preference. But as you know, uh, when we did this modification, uh, moving the Afghan from Jan-Feb to June, July, we already awarded uh, additions to Cameroon, Cote d'Ivoire, and Guinea. So at the end, basically for these three countries, maybe we will have to adapt. So we had to do it for uh, Cameroon because it has been requested by the host, As of today, we did not receive similar requests from Cote d'Ivoire, from Guinea. Obviously, we are discussing it with uh, the the host countries, but definitely now the AFCON will be played in June, July, except on some exceptional cases, maybe the the, uh, uh, upcoming tournaments, but then definitely when we will open the beats. For the other uh, editions, definitely we will always favor uh, countries that can host uh, the competition during June, July. Uh,
1: FIFA president Gianni Infantino spoke in Rabat earlier this year about an African Super League and an Africa Cup of Nations held every four years. But are those realistic uh, options or are they non-starters? Regarding uh, the discussions of, of Rabat,
3: so maybe first one regarding the Afghan every, every four years. Uh, uh, in Rabat already, uh, it has been decided that we will not, as of today, consider this option. Uh, so uh, the Afghan uh, will keep the current Afghan every two years. Regarding the Super League, at the opposite, uh, the EXCO has decided to put in place an ad hoc committee in charge of studying the possibility to uh, modify the format of our inter-clubs competitions to make them maybe more attractive, more competitive. So this is something that
1: we are currently studying. Our next guest, Junaid Mau, was appointed as Technical Director for the Mauritius Football Association in March, bringing years of experience as a coaching instructor for CAF and also as head of the technical study group
2: at numerous cassava cup tournaments. Zunaid, welcome. I guess the timing was not great with COVID nineteen having shut down football in Mauritius over the last five or so months. But
4: what have you been up to since you took over? Ah, uh, good afternoon, Mark and Nick. Uh, no, the three months in the of the lockdown really taken its toll in terms of what our program is. But uh, we were not uh, basically left out of the football uh, sector because we had arranged lots of Zoom and uh, Google Meets with all the technical directors from the South and East, uh, piecing together a standardized licensee for the entire region. So we've been quite busy during that period of time.
1: So, Nate, obviously you will have set out some uh, short, medium, and long-term goals. Can you uh, tell us what the critical immediate challenges are
4: for you in this job? Okay, immediately um, we've set up uh, in line with the convention, CAF convention. So women in football, we've now appointed a new person to a lady to head up that department immediately. Uh, our grassroots program, we've appointed a new manager, a female that has taken over running of the grassroots program. Coach education fundamentally important. We have set up our new licenses for grassroots, for licensee, and in the process of completing our licensee program in line with the CAF convention. So those three have been the, the, the short-term goal. Uh, medium-term goal is to get the youth uh, structures organized in terms of regional football leagues. And uh, thereafter, we want to bring in zonal teams, which will be more of a long-term basis, and that will supply our national teams from U15 for both boys and girls, right up to seniors. Mauritius has a,
2: a population of around 1.3 million, and as well as a diaspora, to, to add to that. It does make competing with the likes of a South Africa who have 50 times that number of people a challenge. What, in your mind, does Mauritian football need to do to elevate its its level long term on the international stage?
4: Uh, I think we need to be innovative. Um, you know, I'm quite impressed with the Icelandic setup when they, was a the small population, uh, the first thing they went into was ensure that there was good coach education. Two was to ensure that uh, the development of football in the communities and the schools. Something that has to be taken very seriously, and once you create a scenario at that level and pick the interest of the young boys and girls in our primary school setups, those are the players. And for long term, in terms of making it football interesting enough for them, and it must be fun. And I think if we bring about that culture in the in the communities and the schools, I think we can bring about a a big change in terms of the mindset of people in terms of football as a career.
1: Obviously, Um, Dave Mauritius, because they're not really role models in a a sporting sense, you don't have any sort of big name footballers, how difficult is that to get kids galvanized? And also, when there's such a prevalent culture there in terms of support for French and for uh, British soccer teams, that there's no real galvanization of the local football structure? How, how difficult it is it to get that mindset all changed and particularly to get the kids motivated because they're no role models?
4: Look, I, I, there, there's two ways to look at it from Mark because there are some players that have now uh, one player, Nazira, has gone to the States. Adele is playing in Portugal, so people already know about it. Then we had the John Mark ETs and the Sebastian backs that people still talk quite a bit about. And then if you take the COSAFA U-17 tournament, that is uh, Mauritius hosted for three years, including one CAF qualifier. And Mauritius from year one were knocked out in the first phase. Year number two, they got to the final. Year number three, they got to the semi-final of the CAF qualifier. So I think there's lots that we can take from those things to ensure that people will still have an interest in local football. I mean, the stadium at French Saint-Francois was capacity, at capacity level for the semi-final and final. So those are the types of things that we need to do is take it back to the communities, to develop in the communities. And there's enough role models in the communities, I think. As Mark
2: mentioned earlier, you've been a, a leader of the Kusafa Technical Study Group at numerous tournaments in, in recent years. Are there any trends that you've picked up in?
4: In terms of Southern African football evolving? Um, friends in the sense of, sure, uh, technically our players are, um, I would say, out of a high quality. Uh, physically, I think in some countries we lack the physical part of the football side of it in terms of bringing in experts to do physical training or, and specifically to football. I think our biggest problem here is more on the mental side. How do we make our players stronger uh, mentally? Because if you can win the mental battle, I think we can take this uh, to the next level in the sense of players' determination to wanting not only to play in the country that they are or in the region that we are, to move across and try and uh, play, apply their trade in the Europe's or somewhere overseas from where we are. Zimbabwe is a perfect example of players wanting to get out of, of Zimbabwe just to make sure that this can be a livelihood. And do you think there's progress in that in that
1: sphere? I mean, we are seeing some big names from the Kusafa region breaking through in Europe. We think of the Zambian youngsters and uh, you mentioned Zimbabweans, but do you see progress in that sphere? Do you think the youngsters of today are perhaps a little bit too complacent, a little bit too
4: comfortable in comparison with maybe previous generations? Yes and no. I think somewhere uh, the hunger part of it from when you know when you're playing in the, the, the old township style setups, there was more that go get this thing to let me get out of here and you know try and see if I can make it somewhere else. And the other part of it, the development of these so-called academies that have just sprung up all over. Some of our players have gone into this shell in the sense that they think, in inverted commas, that they've already made it because they belong to uh, one of the first division clubs or Super League teams. So again, that drive is, I'm here already, what else do I strive for? So I think the old mentality of trying to get out of will uh, use poverty, for example, to try and get to the next level, is something that uh, we then saw before in the old uh, football days.
2: That's it from another episode of the Kasafa Show. In the meantime, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Soccer Laduma Duma Radio, kasafa.tv, spotify and itunes and you can also get the latest news via our website at www.casafa.com and on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok thank you for listening we look forward to your company next time